Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. <laughs> I wouldn't got that goddamn chicken. Slaves came back for this chicken. I saw Sojourner Truth and Frederick Douglass ordering three of them goddamn sandwiches. I know why you niggas love that chicken. It's what's in the batter. Aretha Franklin's ashes are in the batter. That chicken got sold. I bit into a breast. Nigga, it was a breast. That goddamn chicken sandwich was tastier. That goddamn chicken sandwich was tastier than Richard Pryor's son's ass. Ooh. That's... Hold on. Wait a minute. That took a hard left. Man, uh, man. Have you ever known Paul to do anything else no. but go hard? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, um, okay. You were... That was... A yeah, suggestion. that went there. Wasn't it, wasn't it a suggestion? No, I, I set him up. I, I, you, no, you, no, you that, that, that was a lot. You dunked that I one. had to dunk that one. You did. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm saying the last sentence. Oh, wasn't I knew it, it was coming. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't know it was coming the way it came. Neither did Richard's son. <laughs> But it came back. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I cannot. So I get the call from the principal. And I'm like, Max, I'm not going to have this. I sat down. I said, hey, listen, I'm out there. I'm working for you. I'm putting clothes on you. I'm putting shoes on your feet. Putting food on the table. I'm not going to. And right in mid says he's cut me off. and just went, hey, dad, is that really your fault? You chose to have me. <laughs> <laughs> Shows to have your turn body, her right to choose the laws. Except down that side, funny, but it's funny. It's funny. It's a little funny. Spears and Steinberg. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy. Chewing the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. Cry, we lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Yeah, y'all, uh, comedy, comedy, comedy. Um, you know, Andy and I are here, uh, even though you're listening to this a little bit out of sequence, uh, we are here in Addison. And Andy had a great idea. You know, normally we would do the podcast from the room, uh, but he told me they had open mic night here at the Improv. On a, on a three o'clock at three o'clock in the afternoon, so he was like, "Yo, what if we do the podcast uh, from the green room, and then also talk to a few of the open micers?" Um, and I thought, you know, that's different, and uh, I thought, good idea. So here we are. Um, before we in it, get into my man, real quick, what, 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 what's your name, Tom? Sean McFarland. Sean McFarland. 
he does the door here. He works at the club, but also uh, is venturing into the world of stand-up. Um, the high-stakes game of yeah. stand-up comedy. Um, and I had to ask the, 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 the manager, what's the makeup of the crowd? Is it comedians or is it regular audience people? And he said it was a little bit of both. And I think he said more... I don't know if it's more audience or more comedians or, or vice versa. Mm. Do you know? Um, honestly, it depends on the day. And it depends. How on about the, today? Today, I would say it was a little bit more on the comedy uh, comedians. Side. Okay. Um, we were a little light on the crowd, but there's some days, you know, that room is halfway filled. And it could, it'll be a healthy mix of comedians, but there's also, um, you know, a good crowd that comes out to the spot. And today is Sunday, the, and this is uh, Dallas's first home opener yeah, uh, NFL game today. How about That's them true. Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Um, <clears throat> you know, I, and the reason why I ask you that question is because I've always, well, number one, and Andy always, you know, jokes with me about this. I bypassed the stage. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I jumped into the frying pan, I jumped in when the oil was hot. Mm-hmm. You know, I never did the open mic thing. Uh, I always tell the story. My first attempt at open mic was at the Improv in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, 32 years ago. Um, and me, my mother, and my sister went, stood in line. You had to draw numbers out of a hat. All three of us put numbers in. None of us got called. So instead of leaving, going home dejected and deflated, somebody said, yo, there's Uptown in Harlem, the Uptown Comedy Club. So we jumped on the train. We went to Uptown. They put me right on stage. And, you know, I did what I did at the time. And, and that was that. And I always, so for me, it was from there, to just doing shows mm-hmm. where I was, you know, uh, not necessarily featuring, but it was a bunch of us right. uh, working the shows all the showcase once. shows. Yeah. Showcase shows. So I skipped this process, and I I, I think that I'm, I'm thankful that I did <laughs> because um, <laughs> the one thing that I hate and I feel bad for y'all is when the audience is comics mm-hmm. because everybody's competing for a spot. Right. So what's the incentive to laugh at you. Mm. Funny. Funny. Well, you you say that like that to me that's easier said than done. Well, yes, I get what you mean by funny. If it's funny, they'll laugh. And some of them may. Mm-hmm. But don't think for one second there isn't some spite yeah, and some jealousy yeah, in that yeah, room. Yeah, but see, when you're when you're coming up in the beginning, you could you know, I'm not that far away from where you are right now. Right. So when you're coming up at the beginning, though, we're all in. They're all in it together. Mm-hmm. There's no one's getting anything at this stage. So there's a camaraderie that hasn't taken. There had the spite hasn't developed yet. Now the day he gets something, but Andy, don't say that like that's fact. It is, you, you, you can't yeah, say that so, like that's so, fact. So, no, ask, him, ask him. Ask so, him. You're both correct. Thank you. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not even disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. But you'd be crazy to think that there aren't dudes. This is the mindset of human beings. This is the mindset of, of, of people. People are nasty. People are mean. People will do whatever they got to do to get to the spot. And when you're in a, you're talking about a business now where everybody go, wait a minute. No one's in the business yet. Andy, you know, Andy, Andy. I did this though. You didn't. I don't have to be a killer to play a murderer. Denzel Dude, Washington told I me that. I understand that, but you might want to read a little bit about their background. Andy, Andy, you don't have to. Listen, what you're not factoring is the nature of human beings. I got the fact about camaraderie. There can be that. There's always going to be a dick Andy, in the room. Andy, Andy, There's can always you, can be you please not yes, so quickly yeah. dismiss? No, I'm not what dismissing I'm you. You are. No. Because you're going, you're saying it like it's fact. I'm telling you, you're in a business 
where people, and this is what Patrice said, this is why people get back in line to get eaten by the machine because you can be in a position one day where you can make $50,000 a week. Don't think that people don't get into this business not thinking the most big star, huge star on stage. I'm the headliner selling out concerts. And, and the road to that starts with this. So your whole mindset is, yo, I'm a warrior. I'm, I'm not, I gotta outshine these motherfuckers. I gotta be the best. Whether you call that arrogance or whether you call that confidence, You'd be crazy to think that that mindset does not exist in people from it, the beginning. It definitely exists. All right, then. But but when you get into this room and you have, how many are we in this room today? Like 20? Yeah. Probably a that bit isn't more. the majority of the people. The majority of the people are here scared, first of all, because they know they suck. The, the the motherfuckers that's confident is scared too. Yeah, but I'm customado Mike Tyson. Okay, you tell me about it because you did it. So go ahead, keep going. Well, well, I'm where I am for a reason. No, no, but you tell me about the open mics because you didn't and, do and, the Andy, open mics. You're missing my point. I got your point. No, you're not. Then don't say it like it's fact. I'm I'm telling you that that's you, misleading. I'm telling you that you haven't experienced it a day in day out. I don't have you. to experience to know the mindset of humans. Right, but I'm trying to tell you that. That what you're saying is true. There's always some people. There's All the right guy at then. the end. There's the guy who will go up the 20th spot in an open mic and then put out, I crushed and I closed out. I was I headlined the show. He could be lying. No, but no, he's telling the truth. But no one wants to headline the 20th, be the 20th person up at the show. But he'll turn it around and he'll say that. This is there's a difference in an open mic because they haven't figured out that they're in a business yet. This is what you, this is what you haven't, you, you're not understanding about this group of people in that room right now. Very few of them have figured out that they're trying to get what they're. The moment you touch that mic for your first time, you're in the business. You know that. No, you have to have that mindset to win. Those people out there, if we just brought them in individually, not everybody's going to yeah. say that to you. And most of them won't win. Right. It starts with your heart and your mind. But dude, most of those people uh, in the room, I'm going to guarantee, I'm not going to say that all those people, but less than five people are going to be doing this in two years. Right. See, it's not, you're, you're looking right. at it as, that's a room full of people that go, I'm going to become the next comic. Let me be clear here. Let me be clear here. If you're going up with a room full of comedians, not everybody has the, all I'm saying is this, and I'm acknowledging you're right. But what I need you to do, which you finally did, is acknowledge that I'm right instead of saying it like it's only one way. You're crazy to think that it's only one way. There are comics in there who are going, yo, I ain't going to laugh at this motherfucker because if I give him that support, he might beat me out. So I'm going to hold back just because. Does it make it right? No. That's the nature of human beings, man. It's why I also say, yo, when you go do an open mic, don't bring your friends and your family. They have your support. They're going to give you support because they want to see you shine. That is not, that's not telling you the truth. You want the truth. And an audience that is not invested in you, that's not a comedian, that's not your family, but a regular Joe, they don't have any incentive not to not laugh. So when they give it to you, it's the truth. What you're saying is pretty correct. Uh, I don't. I always tell people not to bring your family, especially when you're starting. But the other thing that you're seeing is you do L.A. I would agree with you in L.A. Everything that you're saying about an open mic room, they're not going to laugh. When you're going in New York, they're not going to laugh. And I've done those rooms. So the temperament is different in yeah. Ohio. Yes. Yeah. yeah it I, is. I would say I haven't been to L.A. I haven't done 
comedy in New York, but in terms of the people and how we come together and like you said, the camaraderie and the community, it's just different in how people because you're right, there are people who will who are snakes in the grass. And I have personally experienced those people doing it for as long as I have. But with that, that so my mindset with grabbing the mic, like you're saying, is I came into this place saying, all right, I'm making comedy my life. I'm going to work at a comedy club. I'm going to try to do open mics as often as I can. And to your point, not everybody's in that same mindset as me. But then I have to be cautious enough and smart enough to look out for those people who are going to be mad because I have one, you know, situation where I was able to get a guest spot, you know, and I'm going to be real. It's only been three months that I've been doing comedy and I could tell certain people that I work with were giving me the cold shoulder. You right. know? Certain people said things to me like, oh, you know, people see that as cutting corners and stuff when I literally just got the guest spot by chance. I was just in the right place, right time. So it, it I think, and I want to experience what you're talking about. I want to see what it's like in other places to do comedy. Let me ask you, those people that you said are giving you the cold shoulder here? Mm -hmm. Okay. They're giving you the cold shoulder and for whatever reason they feel you're cutting corners or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So those same people, when you're on stage, you're telling me that if they're giving you the cold shoulder now, their mindset is not, I, I want to beat that guy. I want to be where he might no. get that I can't get. I think that their mindset is that, but I think what happens So why is, would they laugh at you then? They they don't have to, but I think to his point about being funny is before I walked out that house today, I said, I'm going to go up on that stage. I'm going to be as funny as possible. And that's what I feel like I did today. So whether you're jealous, whether you're hating on the side, what matters at the end of that day and the end of the day is what you went on that stage and did. But I want to be clear. Mm. If those people had your best intentions at heart, and, and they wanted to see you win, then why would they be mad at you? Right. But I don't, I, those people aren't in my support system anymore. I don't talk. But to are them. those people also trying to be comics? Right. But so again, mm. if they're mad at you, they never were down for you to begin with. So if they're sitting in the club, mm. what incentive would they have to laugh for you? Because if they, if they, if they truly liked you mm. and laughed for you and were supportive of you and went competitive, then why be mad later? So I think what it goes back to mindset, because for me, I'm not coming with them on my mind. I'm coming because I want to become a better comedian. You're not. Right. I'm talking about what's in the mindset of other people. Right, and and my point to that is I can't, if I focused on that, I wouldn't be able to be the comedian that I want to be, even right now, a few months in. But what, 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 what I'm trying to say to you that you're not, you're, you haven't heard this yet, and what we said is that out here, this isn't, when you started, you started in New York, and then you went to L.A., those people have made a commitment to being in a place to be at another level of comedy. You're talking about the beginning. This is like Little League peewees. This is the very beginning. You don't know to hate anybody until you get good enough where someone says you're good. And now you want to be told that you're good. That's when you start hating people. That's when you start not doing laughing like you're saying. But when there's 20 people in that room... Most of these guys are doing it. Some people do it because they want to learn how to talk better in front of a crowd. Not everybody is thinking that they want to be a comedian in this room right now. I'm just telling you that's that's the difference. That's the mindset that you're not seeing. Not everybody here. Most of the people in this room aren't thinking that they're going to be doing this in a professional manner. He said he came out here because this is what he wants to do. Most of those people are not in that head. OK, space. but again, Andy, you're saying it like what you're not getting. First of all, I acknowledge that you're right. So I am getting it. What you're dismissing is this. You go, in New York, L.A., but in places like this, the people who are mad at you, where are they from here? 
So what happens in places like this? So, what are you talking about? I'm saying it's not the majority of the room. So you can get laughs in okay, the room. Okay, you can. But what I'm saying to you is, again, when you put yourself in a setting where you're not going to get the truth, it can be misleading. And, and at this fragile moment in your beginnings, and this is the unfortunate part for you. When you're not getting the truth, you may have said something that is extremely funny. Mm -hmm. But because those people are going, man, I ain't going to let this nigga beat me out, so I ain't going to laugh. Mm -hmm. Now, you might go, damn, that joke didn't work. When it works, so, you just don't know it because you're deflated mm -hmm. at the fact that they didn't give you honesty. So let me ask you this. When people get to that point of deflation, right? Because I remember leaving Hyenas after doing an open mic, right? It's another um, it's club. It's a smaller club out here. Right. So, and then I... I I bombed, right, essentially. And I remember sitting in the Uber, beating myself up, right? But I had a moment where I said, no, if I continue to talk about comedy and myself this way, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So can you speak to that deflation? And is there a way that comics can go about navigating that? Because it's, that's, that's really the pivotal moment where somebody becomes jealous or a hater or whatever the case is. Listen, because I do the road, mm. and I've said this many a times, there are jokes that I will do, and I'm 32 years in, where it don't hit the way I wanted it to hit. And again, it ain't because the joke ain't good. It's a shitty city. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a shitty crowd. Mm -hmm. so, so I can't abandon it right away. Mm -hmm. So I got to go, let me tell it three or four more times. Now, if it consistently gets the same thing mm -hmm. in different places, well, then you got a bad joke. Right. But if, if it fails in Milwaukee, but does well in the next four cities, you know, that was just a bad crowd. Right. So for you... I would say, if the, if such a thing exists, try to find out if there's an open mic in places where it's a majority of an audience mm -hmm. and not comedians. Because I've been to open mics where they go, yo, it's mainly comics. Mm -hmm. Comics performing in front of comics. See, this is, again, when you go to do this, Aries, at the beginning, it's almost always all comics. Yeah, you, It's hard for people to get people to come out that are non-comics to support non-comedy these are people attempt where this the early stages is attempting and people know that the the club right now where we're in the club we're we're at the addison improv mm. did you notice that the uh the, the screen is down so you can't read the word improv on the sign yeah i noticed that there's a reason it's like that because What's they don't the want anybody to record yeah. it and then say they play it at the improv mm -hmm. yeah. because they don't want this comedy being connected to the idea of what comedy in in this okay, improv I, I is. get that part so that's the business protecting the yeah, brand and so the marketing of this has always been that you bring out your friends there's a lot of comic uh, clubs that will do okay you can get five minutes but you got to bring three people mm. or you got to do this it's hard to get people to come look at regular comedy this is the beginnings mm. and uh, hopefully you get a good comedy community that is more supportive and isn't all warrior comics trying to just build that next level for themselves and aren't mad when someone gets it because the actual the normal thing is in your experience that if you got that guest set is for someone to go damn i've been working this dude comes up here and he's only here and now he gets a spot i yeah you're right they'll have that that in there's a disincentive to to support that person but if you're in a good comedy like there's a good comedy city in 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 um in uh, Denver, comedy works. That shit doesn't fly there, and they and because they support it and the club supports it, they do get a bigger audience from outside more than just comics. But also, uh, the open mic scene is part of the comedy culture, and, and the clubs should develop it better. But they, this is it's it's a sideline it's, it's, form. It's, it's, it's not their thing. Niche. Yeah, absolutely. It's a niche 
um, hobby is a niche thing that people are into, so it's tough to. And the other them. side is, how many people come up in in a show and tell this is my first time ever doing comedy? Uh, the, uh, that second block is pretty much you know all for, first time, for, second time. Yeah. Some people just do it because they were dared to do it. Mm -hmm. This isn't um, this isn't a room full of aspiring comics. I, I know that there is some aspiring comics in the room, but it isn't full of that. And I think another important part of that is the consistency because over time you 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 learn who the people that you need to connect with are the person that's going to help you within this will come to you and say the things that they need to say just as much as somebody who is not going to support you will that's at least something i noticed out here and just a big difference in living in places like connecticut new york and new jersey people just have this kind of air about them when they do communicate with you in a positive way that you're going to come out with something that impacts you to really keep you moving. I've had people come up and walk to me after not doing so great and say, hey, I, I really hope you keep doing this, you know, and that has made a difference. But I think it also comes down to just straight talent level. Some people get on that stage and they're just naturally good at this. They have a voice, you know, even if the jokes aren't good. Um, and that that's something that rubs people the wrong way as well. And I think... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it on that one. Um, How'd you feel about your set, though, that you just did? I felt pretty good about it. I think um, the last couple of times I went up, I felt like I bombed. So that one, you know, I got my jokes out clearly. I got, you know, some laughs from the people that were in the room. And I tried about, I reworked two of my jokes. Um, and how long have you been at it? About three months. Yeah. So I noticed uh, your style is kind of laid back. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, when you think about, I, I, I want to be careful about using the word laid back in reference to them. Uh, but they share that same energy like when I think of a Mitch Hedgeberg or mm -hmm. Anthony Jeselnik or Dimitri Martin, even a Charles Cozart, uh, who was probably the only black guy. I don't know if he still does stand up. I don't think he does. I think he's a writer now for TV, but he was like one of the only black guys that kind of had that same mm -hmm. laid back style. Um, and there aren't many of us. Uh, right. The once upon a time ago, I maybe heard of Franklin Ajay. Mm. Um, so you kind of reminded me a little bit of that style. Right. Um, has that always been you? Yeah, that's how I've been all my life. People would tell me, oh, you're soft-spoken, you're this and that. I've just been, after right. like after work, I just go home and honestly smoke my weed <laughs> and just mind my business. The, 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 the uh, selling your therapist weed joke was funny, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's one that I reworked right. this week. Um, right. It was completely different, and like you said, I did it a couple times and um, in front of a different, a couple different crowds, and it just wasn't working. Right. So I was like, you know what? Let me change this. And that was the first time I did it on stage, and I think I'm gonna keep it that way for a little bit. And th I think there's another hit that you can put in there, though. But it's your insurance, so you can't do it. But when the therapist says, when the therapist makes her problems yours, mm. if you weren't the one who had the insurance, and she's saying, you know, you got to pay for this, and then I'd be like. No, man, now you're trying to make, you know, that's your problem. You're trying, right. I can't be your problem. You're making that, you know, right. getting yeah, paid. It's your yeah. problem. But, uh, yeah, I, I I liked your style on stage. And what's, what I liked about it, too, is that uh, I felt it was you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they first start, they want to try to develop this persona on right. stage. Yeah. And eventually you... You're going to go back. Well, unless you develop a character, you're going to go back to who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's good at three months that you're already comfortable enough to yeah. be you. Because yeah. that's the hardest part, I think, yeah. is to be you. Yeah. Um, I, I truly believe because, you know, in terms of my gut and what's funny, uh, when you said that thing, you was like, how'd you say that at the end um, about the choices? 
uh, I got, I don't remember. I haven't recorded, but I know. I but know something about, yeah. uh, I could either tell you this joke. Or get off the or, stage. Or just get off the stage. And I, I, I wanted to jump in your body so bad <laughs> because by me saying that, the element of surprise was gone. Right. But I think if you had truly went, or I could tell you the joke as I'm walking off stage. Right. And if you literally started telling the joke and faded off the mic, and as you just walked through the room, you're still telling the joke, <laughs> I, no That's doubt funny. to me that right. would have been funny. Yeah. But but I wanted to be you because I knew if I said it to you that way, they wouldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. The element of surprise was gone. Right. But that would have been hilarious, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Just try, I, I, That's one thing I really want to work on with my comedy is how can I extend it further? You know, I have jokes, but how do I make them longer? longer. How do I make them smarter? How do I, you know, add a little bit more layers to make people think? Because that's, that's not what I want to do, but that's one of the funnest parts of comedy to me is kind of making people think and then they laugh, you know? Do you keep a journal? Do you keep a notebook? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll write in my phone, and then I'll also kind of write out my set in a book as well. But I usually just use my phone. The only thing that I, I will say, and this is just me, and I, I don't know any better than anybody else, but you said that was my material. And then you said, now I have some new, the new thing that you wanted to try. Mm -hmm. Dude, an open mic is, is you could you could develop your material, but you got to keep working to get new stuff. Because right. when three months in, if you keep doing that same Right. Your material, mm -hmm. you're not going to grow more. And mm -hmm. so to answer your question, you have to do more. And even if something that you think is funny and it's not getting a laugh, those are the things I used to journal. And then I would say, some, I would have a joke and I go, it needs something. Then I'd go look at my, some of the mm -hmm. old stuff. And I go, that fits this. This yeah. is the same yeah. thought. And then yeah. that's how I got, that's how yeah. I got layers or developed more. Absolutely. But, um, I, I only know, I know you only been doing three, so you got to get comfortable in what you're doing. But I see guys sometimes have been doing the same set for a year. And I'm like, but you're not developing anything. So that set is solid. Put it away. It's going to be there. Put it right, away right. and then go get another yeah. five minute chunk yeah. and keep doing five minute chunks until you have, you're sitting there on 20 minutes and 20 minute chunk, <laughs> five, four, 20 minute, four, five minute chunks is it's not 20 minutes. Right. It's, it seems like it would be, but it's not yeah, yeah. because when you put it together, you're going to, you're going to layer, you're going to, you're going to get rid of some words and things are going to happen. And that will turn into a solid 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. So that, that would be the only thing that I, but you're only three months, man. Right. Just learning how to be on stage is, is excellent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I have um, I have a lot of jokes that I don't want to say a lot, but a decent amount of jokes that I've just taken out of the five minutes that I'm trying to put together now, um, because I'm to your point, just learning how to work it and just make it as layered as I possibly can. You know, I would say after today, I would say I probably have a solid three to four minutes mm -hmm. of um, stand up. But, you know, after I review this video and see what I can add and things, you know, that, that, that'll definitely increase, especially by the time I do my next open mic. Even, you know, even if you just take some of these other ideas that you have and go out there and give out the, the basic, just the one, two, three of it mm -hmm. and, and, and feel how that feels, you can start developing those right yeah it doesn't have to be a full form joke right. on 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 an open mic absolutely I, I, like the open mic is for you it's mm -hmm. uh but that's again, i don't know that the open mic is for you and i and i and i say that like this not meaning literally you mm. i just think and this is where i tip my hat to y'all man it, it's like i truly believe you need time and right. i'm and when i say time i don't just mean repetitive time on stage you need time I don't know how you find yourself in five minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and yeah, the way I came up at least 20, mm -hmm. at least 20 from the gate at 14. And you, to me, it's like, you need to, that time to make those mistakes, 
to figure shit out, to be to get in a groove. I always go, man, when I do stand-up, and people go, yo, you get nervous? Yeah, I do. I, when I did The Garden with Tracy Morgan, 5,000 black folks, New York niggas. Mm -hmm. So come on. Right. But after you tell your first two jokes, in that, that time, pocket. you get in your rhythm, you're yeah. finding your stroke. So I, you know, ugh, I, I, mm. my hat's off to you, bro, but I, that's insane to me. So to that, I, not everybody, I, I, the only way I can say is not everybody built the same. I think I'm fortunate enough to have the experiences that I've had before I've come here. So even when I got on that stage, I was already comfortable being behind the mic. And some people have to get over that hurdle first with these open mics. So I think I benefit a little bit more than other people because I don't have to go through that thing of, oh, how does my voice sound when it hits the mic? Oh, you know, what level am I speaking at? Like I said, I clearly have an understanding of who I am and what I am on that stage. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about a little bit is that where you see people just, I don't want to say crumbling, but clearly trying to step outside themselves. Is that kind of what you're tipping your hat Look, I just think you need time even to, you know, you need the time, obviously, in terms of consistently going up, getting on as many stages as possible. But I think you also need the time in terms of actually when you're on stage mm -hmm. to breathe. Let it breathe. Let me, <clears throat> let me find, let me get in a rhythm to just do five minutes and you're already in your own head of, I got five minutes. Mm. It's like trying to defuse a bomb. Mm. Which wire? Mm. You cut the wrong wire, boom, devastation. Right. So you got to keep that in your head five minutes. And you got to be funny. Mm. And you trying to get on. Mm. So when do you get to relax? Mm. And Because once you go, I got time. Right. Now, if you bombing, 20 minutes is going to feel like 20 years. Because now you're going, this time is moving slow. Right. But if you can find a rhythm and get it comfortable, that to me is where you start to grow. Yeah. I, I just And yeah, maybe I am speaking out of turn because, you know, I've never done five minutes. Right. But I know the value of 20. But So how much do you think you've kind of bought from your outside life just in terms of like any work experience or things like that to comedy? Because I spent a lot of time working at radio stations, working with radio hosts and things like right. that. So I think um, that has benefited me. And I say that to say, yeah, if you, you could dive into comedy, but you also have to do other things in order to get to where you want to be, right? So is there anything that you... I, I, I think I think anything under the umbrella, umbrella of creative all lends itself to the, to the total package. Mm -hmm. You know, there's guys who are funny on stage but can't be funny in a radio interview. Right. There's guys who are funny on stage but can't be funny in an interview. Mm -hmm. There's guys that are funny in film but can't do TV right. and vice versa. So for me, I'm always looking for where to be funny. And so if I can be funny on an interview, if I can be funny on a late night talk show, if I could be funny on radio where I'm not seen, all of that to me is, is part of the collective. Mm -hmm. And being able to mold all that to where it works together, that to me is, yeah, everything. So how do you communicate to somebody, how do you communicate that to somebody who is in my position right now? In terms of, in terms of adding all of that, all of that in? Mm -hmm, because you... We don't have those opportunities, right? So, but that comes with—you'll get them. Right. That comes with success. So, where do you go to do it before? Because you need practice. You, you don't. You, you, it happens in the moment. So you think that? So you think people should kind of be—I don't want to say thrown into comedy, but it, it comes to you as you go, kind of thing. It, it will come to you as you go, but I, to me, I think you also have to have 
a mosh pit mentality. Of course, you want it to come naturally, and it will. Mm -hmm. But my mentality is always to go, hey, man, anytime. Sugar Ray Leonard had a great thing he said one time. He goes, always know where the camera is. Mm. And when you do, that beautiful smile. Mm. So whenever there's a time for you to shine, shine. Let your voice be heard. Mm. Let your presence be felt. Some dudes get on radio and do certain places, and they shrink. They don't go for the moment. Mosh pit, get your ass in there and move, nigga. So you don't think that doing open mics consistently, because there's some people like... I'm not saying... it. Listen, that's, you know, get, get what you can. Right. I just, for me, that just to me is a cruel... That's a... That's, a, that's I don't know. I just mm-hmm. think that's a bad, you right. know... Yeah, that's me, though. Um you do you think it has anything to do with the culture of where you live and where you have lived? You know? I think some of it can. Okay, so would would you believe that the tone and the culture of comedy is very different in Texas overall? It's it, listen. There are certain things that are regional and that are in terms of the the culture mm-hmm. within the city, um, <clears throat> which is why certain jokes when comedians come here and they. Make say, hey man, make fun of this about the city, and the audience goes crazy. Mm-hmm. That's 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 culturally attached to them. But if anybody always asks me, hey man, I'm trying to make it in comedy, what should I do? Mm-hmm. I say, well, what do you want to do more of? You want to be a comedian? You want to be an actor? If you want to be an actor, you got to go to L.A. That's the mecca. That's Hollywood, literally on the mountain, Hollywood. Uh, you're not gonna get it in Poughkeepsie. Right. You got to get off the bench. You got to get in the game. Now, if people ask me comedically. New York, mm. that's the mosh pit. Would you say that it's okay for people to kind of take a pit stop here before they go to either L.A. or New York? I mean, that's that's on your comfort level, but at the at the, at the end of the day, I go, what are you waiting on? Mm. What do you want to do? Right. Uh, you, you can work, if you want to move slow and feel like you need to do to each his own, but, you know, what, what, are, we, what are we doing? Right. If we're trying to win, get in. Mm. Get in. Well, that that's there's two different theories, and the theory is one: do you want to work your way in, or do you want trial by fire? Well, go into that a little bit. Well, more. because I mean, I like there's, I, I mean, I've got. People, I'm gonna grab the other dude because I'm looking at the time. Okay, so I, I want to grab the other I, dude. I've, I've, I've got the other, the other feeling where, well, through different people, one person told me, "Hey, man." Work hard and become the best comedian. When you're the best one in the city, when you walk into an open mic or when there's a, a show that, you know, a, a, a showcase show, mm-hmm. and no matter what, they put you on the show. When you when you get to the point where you're in your city and they want you on the show just because it's you, then you're ready to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Right. And someone else told me, and I, and I kind of tend to agree with this one more, I think, um, well, I have a hybrid of it. The other one is... Uh, you're going to start off at the bottom no matter where you go. And I mean not at the bottom, but you're going to start off. you got to start off again. you got to reestablish yourself wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to continue to move, why not move to where you establish yourself one time and then you work your way through it? It may take you a long time. Mm-hmm. It may be disheartening at some point because you're still working your way. And you, you, if you would have got a little bit more experience somewhere else and then brought that there, that might happen quicker. But it's still the same amount of time. Right. Um, mine is a little bit different where I think that uh, – you should you should learn how to be yourself on stage mm-hmm. and see you already have that right but and then now you need to learn how to tell jokes on stage mm-hmm. and once you learn how to tell the joke and i said this and people don't always get what i'm saying once you learn how to tell a joke 
then you got to learn how to be on stage and not tell a joke. Mm. You got to be on and be authentic and, and lose that because you're, you're going to work for laughs and laughs is great, but you got to learn how to tell it within yourself and make it laugh. Right. So all that together, it, 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 each person I think is an individual. And that's what I thought you were trying to communicate. And I thought you communicated well, is that on, as an individual, you got to find your spot and you were finding who you are. Like you said, you came to the stage and you kind of had that. And I saw that out there. Very comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, while I was going, grabbing him, I know he was educating you. <clears throat> Everything he just told you, ignore Listen to me. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, um, so, uh, uh, brother, I wish you nothing but yeah. the absolute best. Uh, I like your laid back style. Thank you. Uh, keep doing it. But I before you go, that. tell everybody, look in there. Yeah. Tell everybody yeah, yeah, your yeah, name yeah. and your social media. Uh, my name is Sean McFarlane. You can find me on Instagram at McFarlane, M C F A R L I N E, with an underscore. And that's it for me. There you go, man. Yeah, appreciate Good luck, it. Good man. luck to you, Good man. Luck. Thank you. Good luck to you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal, it's just business. Coming up next, what's your name again, brother? Luke. Luke. Luke Smith. Say it in the mic, man. Luke Smith. That's Luke Smith. Uh, second, uh, kind of roll this way. Yeah, kind yeah, because we need to get you in, in the frame. Sorry, we're doing this gorilla style, man. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you yeah, gotta you look might, at that. Yeah, yeah, but, you gotta, yeah you but pull if you could just pull back a little this way. So yeah, we we'll get you. There you go. The there you go. Uh, Luke Smith. <clears throat> um, uh oh, we're good. We're good though. Luke Smith. We had my man on just now who works at the uh, Addison Improv uh, do a little open mic and you did you went up as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you work here too, right? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. want to have your first crack or what? You want no, no, no. Crack? Go ahead, um, dude. I, 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 towards the end, you sang and mm -hmm. and you did that uh, the, the bit where you said, "What if every song opened up with you said what you said and then uh -huh. you sang?" Uh, you got a voice, man. Like singing voice? Singing voice. Thank you. Um, I would do more with that. Okay. Uh, the mixture of comedy and singing, because it, it kills two birds at one stone. It can show people that, A, you're funny, and B, you can sing. Mm -hmm. um, and not everybody can do that. So mm -hmm. if you got Jamie Foxx abilities, Jamie Foxx it. <laughs> you know? Um, you said on stage, though, that's your other your other passion was music. Right, so you right. singing or do you play an instrument as well? I do. I played guitar for about 11 years. And did you uh, sing and you sing yeah, and play guitar? So, okay. my whole life. So right. that was my first love pretty much. Um, so I actually, I don't know if I'm allowed. If You can slide in a little bit more, okay. though. Uh, I keep losing. Um, do, do you just want me to let y'all go? or you, I mean, No, go no, ahead. No, say, no, 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 no. Take over, so, man. So uh, I didn't actually know um, that like comedy was anywhere below like stadium level when I was like 18 I found that out so I dropped out of college I was down on my luck and I'm doing like open mic singing and guitar and I hear a dude bombing like just walking by a club because I hear booze and I'm like is he like an MC or something and then uh, uh, some guy in there told me he was a comic and so that's where I kind of like found that out and I like I got pissed off because I was like well I'm funnier than this guy and uh so I went home and like wrote like, I don't know, I think like six jokes. And then I went up to that same place the next night and I was like, okay, I guess. But going up there at all was uh, really big for me. So yeah. that's, that's where I found my love for comedy. Do you ever, you, have you ever brought your guitar on stage and, and, and done comedy? Yeah. Nope. No, I like that you didn't do that, but I'm not, not knocking anybody who brings their guitar on stage to okay. do comedy, but it's nice to see, especially in the, how long you've been doing it? 
for comedy. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time I did it in four years. Yeah. And uh, before that, I probably did it like six, seven times. And I could tell that there's a, a break in your comedy because I did the same thing that you did. Okay. And there's a look on your face when you know how you know what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and you know when it's not going the way that you remember it going. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of sensed that, that you had that feeling on stage because mm-hmm. the muscle isn't back yet. You're, yeah. you're still trying to you're still trying to grasp it, but I knew that you had a lot more experience. <clears throat> I like your confidence, man. I, I could tell you got a little bit of umph in you. There was a little bit. I knew some of the jokes were were all right, right. and um, but I was mm, like the whole time on stage. Well, uh, you but, said two key things. You said one, I dropped out of college, and two, uh, I'm funnier than this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I remember Tony Rock tells the story, or maybe Chris Rock tells the story. I don't know which one I'm telling the story, but I think it's Tony Rock, where he says, uh, before Chris got started in comedy, they went and saw a famous comedian at Radio City Music Hall. And at one point during the show, Tony looks at Chris and goes, you funnier than this dude. So I think you have to have that. Uh, and the fact that you went, I dropped out of college. You, you felt it in your gut, what you wanted. And you said, fuck that, I'm going for it. Could you have stayed in college and take the safe route and, and guaranteed yourself, yourself a regular life. Yeah. But you said, fuck that. And, and I like that. I, you got cojones, man. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you even said on stage at one point, <laughs> I wanted to yell it out, but I wasn't going to do that. You said, uh, you, y'all want to hear something, a dark joke. Mm-hmm. And I also yell out, motherfucker, they all been dark. Yeah. <laughs> your, your whole set was damn dark. <laughs> but, you know, again, man, I, you know, I, I love your bravery, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can I tell you what I didn't like? Sure. Dude, just get, leave your phone out, man. It's an open mic. No one's coming here for your professional. I mean, you want to be professional, but if you need to have the, the, the jokes because you haven't been working them in a while, mm-hmm. have them out. It's, it's an open mic. There's plenty of headliners that put their fucking set list on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I know that in every comedy school and every like big comedy time person is going to say, you don't do it this way. You can't do it that way. You're in an open mic that you're doing. You're not getting paid. You're, you're working your material so that you can craft your act. Bring your fucking shit on stage and don't worry about it. Don't apologize. Don't apologize for shit up there. Okay. That's you. This is your, it's your five minutes. So mm-hmm. own it. Uh, and you do. But that was the only thing that I saw. And I was like, he shouldn't have said that. He didn't need to say that. That's just, just mm. man, if you go to LA and New York, these guys are, I, and I, I hate this more than anything. They're just standing there looking at their, on an open mics to stand there with their phone, reading it. So there's no apologies in an open mic. It bothers me uh, to the point where I went up on a show in LA and I was watching every uh, 10 comedians before me on this open mic. It was at the haha, And they're all standing there reading their phones and so I'm older than most young comics because I started late. So I, I was in the bathroom and I was looking at the roll of toilet paper and I said, I should write my jokes on that and come out like, um, since I'm an old comic, I still write all my shit down and pull out the toilet paper and start scrolling like it's a scroll. And I did that. And that was funny to me, but I was making fun of everybody on their phone, but mm. you can take your phone out, dude. Don't, don't apologize for anything. Don't put it back in because you're wasting your time thinking about getting your, you know, you only have five minutes up there. Mm-hmm. Make the most out of that time. Don't, okay. Okay. Don't, yeah. Just do your stuff. I'm curious when you said, um, when you asked the question, did he ever go on stage with, with the guitar and you said, I'm glad you didn't do that. Why are you against that? I think when you first 
do comedy, and I'm not, I'm not against any guitar comics, but I think when you first do comedy, if you can find your comedic voice without the, uh, without a crutch, something that to lean on at first, mm -hmm. and then if you want to do your guitar, I say take it up there and do that. But if you can find your voice, it's nice to be able to write without the guitar. But you feel like somebody with a guitar, it's a crutch? At the beginning, because you can use that for those, you know, you got to be able to sit in silence on when you're I, and you may disagree with this but when you're when you're learning there's times you're going to be on stage and it's not going to hit and you not have nothing else you don't have a strum you don't have anything else to take up that noise and you're going to have to be prepared for that you could sit in silence just as well with a guitar but yeah if but, the act stinks you could sit in silence with a puppet no i'm not talking about that but, but you can make sounds like it's something that i just i'd like the idea that when you first start that you don't take anything else up there so if someone is bombing, they can go bling and that's going to get a laugh. No, it's not about the laugh. It's about you in your having to own that and just sit there in it without having anything else to do. When you just have a microphone, then this is all you got. It's you and the microphone and the stand. That's all you got. And there people would suck with, this, with just that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I just totally disagree. I don't see it as a crutch. If you know what you're doing and that's an extension of who you are creatively, that could work for you if you're good and then not work for you if you're bad. Yeah. But when you first start, I think getting to develop your technique without it. Um, it's like when you were when you were a kid, well, this people aren't gonna understand this because everybody has a computer and a phone and everything. Um, it's like you're you're told math equations. Don't use the calculator, learn how to do it without the calculator. That's, uh, you can do it. You can add to it by bringing your guitar, bringing something else on stage. You can bring a flute on stage. I don't care what else you bring on stage, but if you learn how to do, how to approach everything without the guitar at the beginning, I think it lends to making the guitar the extra on what you do instead of how you do it. So you're saying like, don't need the guitar. You, yeah, because if you start that way, you're not going to need it. And then it becomes part of who you are and, the, and what you bring to it. It brings something new to it. If that's how you start, that's all it has. It's it's you and you are the guitar. I don't agree with that at all. I, I, I could see you. I don't yeah. agree with that at all. Because again, there are certain people who do certain things well. A guy without a guitar just not, might not be his thing. But if you're a master at being funny that includes a guitar, that's it. We don't put limits on funny, what funny is. And we don't know what funny is gonna be to certain people. Mm -hmm. I don't think that should be a rule like well, you got to get better without the guitar first. The guitar might be who you are. Mm -hmm. And if that is who you are, be a master. Create. Flow. That's your artistry. Okay. I, I, okay. Period. I, I, to, I, I'm, I like what you're saying, too. I, I, I no, I, you know, I understand what Aries is saying. Mm -hmm. I, I just disagree. I, I've seen a lot of horrible comedians who might need a guitar. Yeah, but then they don't need to be a comedian. They need to be a guitar player. And if you can find your voice in the beginning, I think I think the, it enhances what you do instead of it is who you are. There's a difference. To me, that's the difference. And but besides, I, and I got to tell you, I'll be real honest with it. I believe when you do comedy and you, and you say, be the best comic you can be, then give me your top 10 and ask me, and ask me if any of the guitar? guitar is in it. Well, here's the thing. A lot of comedians like to consider what, what they consider hardcore comedy. You up there, vulnerable, naked, you in the mic in a crowd. They shit on or look down on 
uh, uh, what's my man? A Jeff Dunham. A Jeff Dunham. Or a Carrot Top. Puppets, props. Okay, we're in the business of funny. If Carrot Top is the best at what he does and he gets laughs and he gets laughs, if Jeff Dunham is the best at what he does and he gets laughs, I'm going to have to steal from Eddie Murphy on Raw do, when he's talking about Richard versus Bill. Do people laugh at what you say when you say? Yes. Do you get paid? Yes. Tell Bill I said I have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. But we're not talking about getting paid right now. We're talking about uh, no. developing who you are. Do, and I what's think- the first thing he says? Do people laugh at what you say when you say? And if people are laughing, getting paid is inevitable. Okay, but when you're doing an open mic and you're learning how to become a comic, generally you're not getting all laughs. Do you get all laughs when you're on there? No. Did anybody in that room get all laughs at their five minutes? So that should be the measuring stick for the next man? No, what it should be is that you're going up there to learn how to do comedy and then find out what your voice is and hear yourself, and then you can take up what you need to do. That, to me, is the way that I would approach it. You have a different approach, but me and you have two different styles, I just too. Think it's, I just think it's, it's, again, to any open micer who is a sponge, who is in the infancy stage, like children absorb everything and they repeat what they see. So we got to be careful with the information that we give them. I don't think you should put any rules or stipulations on anything because then there are some people who are considered prodigies, diamonds in the rough. They're that goddamn special. A Michael Jackson, a Whitney Houston. We could be possibly talking to whoever the next Whitney or Michael is out there. So don't put any rules on them. Let them be. I didn't put any rules on them. I'm just saying, when you say... I said that I liked it. I said I liked it. I know, but you also said... Uh, the fact that you didn't go up there with a guitar, I like that. I did like that. Okay. But when you say that, you've put a message out there. So to some young sponge, and they heard your reasoning, they may look at that and go, oh, I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't take the guitar up. When what we really don't know is that might be the prodigy with the guitar. That could be the first top 10 that has the guitar. Why not be the top first top 10 then? It could be. But so why limit it? Because if they have the skills, they're going to develop it without the guitar, and then that's going to add to their case. You do not know that. You I don't be, know. You that. could be hindering them. I don't know that, but I just know that I'd appreciate going to. If I was starting again, and when I started, I'd appreciate being able to go to an open mic and not deal with a bunch of guitar. Comedy. What's your dream? What What do you think ultimately you want to do? Where do you see yourself? So a blend between music and comedy is the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to make a name for myself in both genres for sure. Uh, do you do open mic music now, right? And do you go up to any uh, of the open mic rooms that I, just I, has music? I haven't in years, but I'd be open to it again. I, I write from time to time. Have you put any comedy into your music when you're on stage playing guitar and then maybe make a joke in between? Rarely, but here and there. Yeah. See, that to me seems more like the natural progression of someone who has talent because you do have a voice. I haven't heard your guitar playing, but I'm imagining it matches your voice pretty good. Thank you. So, yeah. I mean, I I just like that you're developing a new skill also to that you can combine. I, I don't have any problem with them being combined. Mm-hmm. My my thing is is that you didn't go learn guitar and tell jokes mm-hmm. as you learn guitar. I think I'm that's I'm, where I'm that's what my difference is. I'm trying to make an analogy to basketball because I'm a big fan, but like try to compare like a game like there's like for instance like shooting finishing playmaking defense like 
let's assume you're just you just have one aspect to your game, and then you have someone like like Kobe or MJ who's very high level at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to be high level at both. Right. And if they can cross over, then I'd love that. And I think that's great. Yeah. What's your name? Luke. Luke what? Smith. Luke Smith. I want to be able to tell somebody when they go, give me your first top ten guitar singers. <laughs> I want to go to Luke Smith. Okay. Be the number one dog. The number one. Yes. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Do we I, get it? I think we got it. All right. My man. Yo, we go in. Oh, look in yeah. there. Give me your name and your social medias. Uh, so my name is Luke Smith. Uh, my Instagram is Luke Wants More. No underscores or numbers or anything. I like your balls, nigga. <laughs> Thank you. Luke Wants More. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then um, my my Twitter at is uh, Yamakaze. Yeah, like Yamaka. And oh, I thought you meant what was it? I was like, I'm thinking Kamikaze. Yeah, like you well, just kill everybody. Well, it's, that's the blend. It's Kamikaze, but fuck Yamakaze. college. I'm funny to this guy. My balls and Yamakaze. This the dude right here. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks. Thanks for it, jumping brother. on. Thanks for jumping on. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Good luck with I all the comedy it. going on here. Thank you. Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. I'm sorry we missed. We, we, there's one other guy that works here that uh, left. If he, if you see him out there, tell him tell him to hustle back uh, out here. I don't know if we'll have time. The sound guy, uh, sorry, Diego. Diego, the, but he left. The, uh, the host. Yeah, he, he left. I thought he was working, but okay. All right. Yeah, if you sure. see him, tell him to at least All knock right. on the. What door. time's the show tonight? Seven yeah. thirty. Oh, okay. Okay. I really right. appreciate it, guys. You got it, Thank brother. You. Thanks for being I on. I wish man. you the best of luck, brother. Thank you. Like your balls, man. Thanks. Y'all have a good one. Good luck, man. If they was. Dipped in milk, it'd probably be like vanilla milk, <laughs> sugary vanilla. <laughs> We're split white. It's supposed to be strawberry. A strawberry? Well, isn't isn't oh, right. that's the two flavors? Well, I guess there's milk, regular milk flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, now, now the screen's weird. Let's fix that. Mm. Look at look at our professionalism. Look at how yeah. we did that. On, on on the sound, it's not going to make any difference, you guys. But when you watch us work our one camera, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you know, you know, you know, we're passionate about comedy because I know you felt the temperature raise in this motherfucker. Yeah, we, we're very serious. But I, you're talking about things that you never did. I don't think you have to necessarily do everything to know about it. You don't have to, but to discuss it in depth, to have been part of it, it's a lot easier. I I know I'm not wrong about what I said. And just like I said, you're not wrong about what you said. But my biggest thing, and this is where we go, Andy, you got to watch how you say things. You said it factually, like you made it a fact. And that's not a fact. I don't know which part it wasn't a fact because everything I said was a fact. No, it wasn't. There are no people in the crowd. It's all camaraderie. They're all in support of you. Nobody's against you. That's That's not a fact. I didn't say it. I didn't say every single person. I didn't say every single person in there is for you. People don't like your face and they're not going to be supporting you. But that's, I know, but Andy, you you said it like it was fact. Like I was wrong. You didn't even acknowledge I was right till later. You you completely was like nah yo. I think you I think you took it to mean that I meant indifferent to everything else that everybody is uh is kumbaya and happy. We know that's not the case. I'm saying that most people that jump into this, you you are very specific, and I think you forget and that. And sometimes you're not specific enough, right? But you're very specific. You came in this, you wanted to do this, and you started at 14, and on 16 you were fucking doing shit. There's not one 16-year-old in that room, dude. 
Well, most people don't start out at that young of an age. You're right. So your 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 trajectory was L- listen, a lot different. Listen, listen, I, I I said I acknowledged. Yo, you're right. I'm not. I never said you were wrong, but you came off like I wasn't completely right at all. No, there's always haters. We know that. All right, but if we rewind, if we rewound the footage, but come on, man, it's in the you, the evidence. But is just there. saying, like I, you saying my me saying, Andy, you com- were very dismissive. I, I wasn't meaning to be. I was trying oh, to. Oh, would say that again. You, I wasn't meaning to be. You, there we go. I was saying. There's the specificities. No. I'm talking about. Now you went. I didn't mean to. No. But you were. No, because you took it that way. He understood what so, I was saying. Wait a minute. Now, correct me if I'm crazy now. So now you're saying two things at once. No, I'm Did not. You're doing the both sides of the field shit. You are. No, I'm not. I'm trying to explain to you because you didn't do this. That this is generally, this is the what the hope is. This is what you, what most comedies start off as. That you go into this and you're not against anyone. You develop this as you do as you get into it. it I'm not saying that there's. A, we all know that I didn't say, "Hey, this is the one place in the whole world where everybody gets along." Is that what you think? Thought I said, Andy. If we go back and rewind the but, footage, but you're you're taking it. You're, you're you not just putting, now went. You just now went. You're not putting context you into what I'm saying. You just now said, I didn't mean to. Which implies that you did. I did. But you didn't mean to. I, but you did. But then listen to what I'm saying. I didn't mean to to throw you off by saying that that's not the situation. Because we all know without talking about comedy, we could be talking about the best person who does any, any, any job in the world. Bartenders. There's going to be bartenders that hate other bartenders. We all know that. You're acting like I said it and I meant a hundred percent, this is the way that it is. And I wasn't saying that. But again, when you're putting a message out to people who are just starting and who are young and who are receiving information and who are looking for direction and guidance, we have to be careful and sometimes very specific in what we say. Okay. And the way that you said that, Made it, it was dismissive to the point where you just went, well, you haven't done this, so you don't know what you're talking about. Well, when you're talking about being very specific and being very on what this is, and you haven't done it, that's very dismissive. Because you're not understanding what we go through. No, because I acknowledged you were right. What you what you didn't want to acknowledge is that I was right at all. No, I I, I understand that there's always haters in every fucking aspect of life. You do realize you're just now saying this. I'm right now in life who imagines that life doesn't have haters in it no what life is this what, what what are we talking about uh, you're tell you're saying it is i dismissed you because i said there's no haters in this i never said i wish we could rewind this footage because dude the even the body posture the look on your face and your physical body posture was very dismissive. You were like, oh, you threw your hand up and went, dude, you've never done this. No, you were very dismissive. Because the the idea of what comedy is and when you're doing it at this level isn't a bunch of people that are going, I'm not laughing at this guy because that's going to take something away from me. Most of the time when that room starts and it's a bunch of guys that have never done this before, they haven't got to the level of hating each other yet. But as you said, there's always some haters So that it does exist too, though. So rarely in the beginning But it of this. does exist yes, too, though. Yes. So you're acknowledging that. Yes. And that point needed to be made. Okay. And when you and when you did what you did, you dismissed that point needing to be made. Dude, when you were in that room, did you feel 
animosity towards other people up there because everybody sucks. You, you don't feel it in a room where people are quiet. They cannot support you simply by being quiet on purpose. My point is when we sat down and I said, how do you get past that? I said, laughs, you funny. Everybody in that room, even most of the haters will laugh when they're caught off guard because when I've said sucks, I don't mean sucks. Let me rephrase this because I want to make sure since we're being specific, when you have 20 people to go up in a room and you're sitting there for waiting for your turn, obviously, and I don't, I don't know if you will, uh, if this will come through. Your laughter is kind of after you heard some, but people go up and be kind of funny, not funny. Your laughter kind of starts to dissipate. And when someone hits a line that's funny, you don't even know who's really even saying it anymore because you've been in that room for so long and you hear funny and your natural reaction, no matter who you are in that room, even if it's someone you don't like, you'll laugh and you'll go, yeah, I still hate that motherfucker, but that was funny. Because that is what happens in a room when you're in there and it's dark and you're not communicating. Maybe. You gotta be quiet. Maybe. Maybe mo and I'm just saying in the rooms that I have the experience in, that's really what it's Dude, been. when I'm on the road and I'm looking in the eyes of someone who I know can't stand me, who I know don't want to laugh, and they fight me on it and I call them on it and I give them shit, which means now they hate me even more. But at some point, I tell the joke that makes them not even really laugh. They give me this. <laughs> so even, yeah, they want to laugh, but because they've made up in their mind, I don't like this motherfucker. All right, you got me, but you ain't going to get me. <laughs> so come on, man. You know, they're, 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 listen, you know what comics do to comics that they don't like? Really? In an open mic, in, in, a, in a small comedy scene? They leave the room. You, Before their turn? They'll go outside and they'll smoke a cigarette and they'll come back in after the dude's done. That's what they do. Because as much as you believe that comedy, having a bunch of comics in the room, it's even worse when no comics are in the room. There's nothing in the room. Sometimes I've been in a new, I've been in New York in some of these county rooms. And there might be, it starts off with 20 comics in the room by the end. And you're going up at the end. There's three, four comics in the room. If you're lucky. Hmm. I'm just saying that's from my experience. I don't, I'm not in every city, but I'm there to say there's great comedy cities that run great open mics. Comedy Works in Denver runs a great open mic. They developed, you have to go through their system to get up on their stage. It, it's a very important and people have to be supportive. You're not supportive, you're out of the room. So there's different situations wherever people go. And again, I wasn't trying to be dismissive and by saying it, I just assumed that we know that there's always haters I'm just saying that's not the, the we have We have to assume that there's dummies too. Yeah. And sometimes you got to speak to them dummies. Yeah. Like the dummies. Okay. So. All right. Boy, we were going to talk about some other stuff, but this is a podcast right here. I'm, uh, listen, I think this was a good idea. Yeah, we got like we, we got a salt. We got a pepper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we, we got two different perspectives, two different styles. I like the balls on that dude, man. Yeah. I like the balls on that But dude. I could tell he took a break because I heard what he was saying and it was already kind of semi-structured. Right. But he wasn't getting it out the way that he wanted to. Right. And that's what happened to me when I took a break. And you know it's supposed to work, but right. your timing isn't always right when you come back. And, you know, it's the muscle. Right. And it isn't it isn't tuned up yet. And I and I saw the frustration in his face. I, and I saw it. And he was, he, he's, uh, but his voice, but when he's saying those couple of times, yeah. I mean, he hit some notes. Yeah. Um, let's just, real quick uh don't ruin the train 
we're not no. gonna run the train. Nah, no, no, nah, not for a couple minutes. Let's at least put it into Save something. It. Yeah, right. we got anything else? The queen, the, the queen died. Well, that's that's know. old news by now. Fuck that bitch. Niggas don't give a goddamn about no motherfucking queen. <laughs> the last time niggas cared about an old white bitch was Betty White, because that bitch was a golden girl. We grew up on that bitch. When when Betty White left, we said, it's over. All of you old bitches are finished. Never give a damn about no goddamn queen. Niggas don't even know what a pound is. Niggas hear pound and think a niggas are making a run to McDonald's, nigga. Pick me up a quarter pounder, nigga. That's what I thought a pound meant. Uh, it's not a quarter pounder because it's a royale like, with cheese. There we go, it. baby. Um, royale with cheese. <laughs> Love that. And when you're hearing this, I just want you guys to understand where we are. She had just died a couple days ago. And so you're, you're, you're hearing this uh, queen moment a little late. Yeah. Um, what else happened out here? Anything else? That's it. That is it, really. Yeah, that's it. That's a, that's a podcast. You want some dates? Yeah, go ahead. The nice thing is because I'm sitting like this uh, to Anthony, I'm in the shot as I give out oh, these dates. Uh, I thought you were about to say in London. No, I'm in the shot, but I'll be in London soon. Uh, I'm going to meet up with Anthony. We're gonna. I'm going to finally see the guy who does all Jarvis. Yeah, man. Going to see the guy who makes this work. Um, you're listening to this. This is going to be on the 21st of September, and that week we are in Raleigh. Improv, which is actually in Cary, and that's the 22nd to the 25th of September, followed by Levity Live up in New York State, and we're there the 30th through the 2nd of October. After that, I am going to be in London, and I'll be there for the next three weeks, but Aries will be on the road, and he'll be at uh, Brea Improv out in California the 7th through the 9th, and then followed by Hartford Funny Bone. And then uh, the Richmond, Virginia Funny Bone. I'm not 100% sure about the date, so I don't want to give them out, but they will be that weekend. If you want to look it up, it is on airyspears.com. It's always available, his touring schedule. Uh, I get back from London, and I will be meeting up with Aries in Orlando at the Improv in Orlando, the 28th through the 30th. And uh, then we got a date that's on the burner, and we'll find out if we're going to be there. That's for... uh, that's in uh, November, so I didn't give those out yet. Wow. Oh. You want me oh. to give those out? I guess you could. Uh, November 10th through the 13th, we are going to be at Chuckles Comedy Club. Ah! You know, we are looking forward. I, 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 as many times as I've been to Memphis, and I probably wouldn't even do this if it wasn't for Andy. He's even the one that pushed me to go to the Civil Rights Museum and the Martin Luther King joint, which I'm glad we did. That's great. That's a, a, anybody who is on the road and can swing in by uh, and see this. Uh, this is really well done. Yes. Um, but Stax Records, uh, Graceland. Sun then, Records. Sun Records. And there was one other thing, right? Mm-hmm. You said Graceland, Stax. Those are the three that I wanted definitely to but do. But those are two. Yeah, and Sun. Sun oh, Records. And Sun Records. So Stax and Sun is two different. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do that in Memphis, uh, and we are gonna go to lose dip gigging. Where if you see a roach on the wall, I'll eat it. I smack it, put it in my mouth, and I'll make your goddamn chicken. I got his t-shirts. Still yeah. have his t-shirts from me. Blue nothing. ones. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, we're, I, I, I'm looking forward to doing to going and being out of Memphis and really checking out because we 
sometimes when you go to a city, you just don't get out enough. And I want to get out and I want to go do all that stuff. And it's always been something that, uh, I, I think that civil rights museum, when we did that, that took us out for the rest of the week. I think we were done. That was a, an emotional mm. uh, week, but, uh, following that, uh, and again, that is November uh, 10th through the 13th chuckles. Then we're going to be November 19th to the 20th in Tampa, Florida. And then we're going to finish up that, um, uh, after Thanksgiving, the 25th through the 27th at Helium Improv uh, in Indian at Helium Improv. What did I just say? Helium, Indianapolis. Uh, and that's you basically think you, you think you could do the Civil Rights Museum again? Yeah. I can't. I can only be mad at white folks once a day. No, there, there's so much in there. It's such, listen, out, out of all the, you know, and we do try to see some things on the road and go to some of the museums and uh, just so well done. So well done. So much information and the way that it's laid out. Yeah, but like you said, it, it tugs at your emotions. You know, it was. It was heavy. It, yeah. It's very heavy. When you go to the Lorraine Hotel and you're actually in the room uh, where King was staying. Um, and you're hearing that Mahalia Jackson singing. And then they combine that with the footage from his last speech the day before he was killed. It's just too heavy. And, you know, doctor told me I should only have one heavy thing in my life. And you know what the first one is? Well, I know what the heavy thing you want to have. That's funny. <laughs> oh, gem on me. I thought you were trying to shame my... Oh. But you know what the heavy thing I have on me is? What, what you... My dick. Yeah, yeah but that, that's too easy. I thought you were trying to decapitate... You know what no, I mean? no, no, my no. manhood, my no, black, no, no, my no. black manhood. No, I just know the heavy thing that you and I, it's funny uh, to me because I'm, to me that's she uh, that's heavy. I sent Annie a picture of uh, somebody sent me a picture of this chick bodybuilder chick, and I was like, nigga, that she Hulk, nigga, Gem ain't she Hulk, man. No, that but, that that girl was, uh, yeah, she was Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Reincarnated. She's she's a she's a real. That's a real bodybuilder. I right love there. that reference. That is straight my childhood. Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. Um, all right, uh, Ronnie Taylor, uh, mixed kid seventy three. Instagram m i x e d k i d seventy three. That's mixed kid seventy three. <gasps> no, that's Louie Got pulled back down. Ooh, <laughs> he got he picked up. Oh my god. Oh my God, I tried to get off the toilet. But as soon as I lifted myself, my ass said, not yet. Uh, uh, this is Big Pun's son, by the way, Chris Rivers. I got a feeling I may have played this already. Sell for cash. Uh, I'm almost about to be running out of the all the music that I have to play. So that's going to be dead soon. Um, but there it is. Uh Dude, I got to use that clip when we hit 400 episodes. It's clip. Replace the, uh, it don't mean shit to me. I got to replace that cl clip with, uh, on your side, on your, on your, it's your only options. Doggy style on your side. Those are your only options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. This a man, the name of the business is self and cash and C that sell like cell phone. Fall like the number, cash like moolah and C like North Carolina, baby. Okay, 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 let's go. The name of the 
business itself for cash and see. We are located in North Carolina and basically uh. we buy iPhones, iPads, MacBooks, Apple Watches, and Galaxies. Don't need to have receipts. Uh-uh. They could be new, they could be cracked, they could have issues, they could be whack, they could have bills owed to. That's finance. We are only looking for devices from recent years, but don't hesitate to ask for an offer. If you got something that's a little bit older, just smash yourself for cash and see on Facebook to receive a quote. Make sure to include the model and carrier and the condition, cause we pros not amateurs. If you need help, just ask me and manager. If you agree on a quote, we agree on a time and public place to meet that's safe for you and safe for me. That's near city or near representative that you'll see. We'll inspect it with elegance and then agree, and you'll see all the cash that you got with ease. That's cash on the spot, say yes to green. We pay more than any storage here, best believe. We out in Raleigh, Greenville, Rocky Mountain, Wilson. We might be outside your building. We don't buy all phones, just the ones we deal in. Don't be sad, we still win. Don't be sad, it's still sunny. No joke, we are real, it's not funny. You want deals in here, then come running. Hit us for a quote today to get money. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Ari Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. The test course you said with conviction, it don't mean shit to me! Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself, convict!